What is up? Draft Eve, man. Oh, I can't wait. It's one of my favorite times of the year. What's up, everybody? Ryan Alter here, Sports Talk Unfiltered, Unapologetic. Back for episode nine. We're going to do a nice draft special here. Fighting off a little bit of a cold. Me and my brother, D-Nice, at the office, man, sneezing and coughing like crazy. I don't know if it's allergies or fighting off a cold or what, but I'm going to power through. No biggie. Got some cool topics to hit tonight uh, along with the draft. Probably going to hit the Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard little feud and the Blazers taking down the Thunder in that series. Vlad uh, Jr. making his debut. That's kind of cool. Not really going to talk a, a ton about that, but I just wanted to bring it up, and I probably will later. And, um, yeah, so I wanted to hit a lot, though, about the draft. It's drafts tomorrow on Thursday. I can't wait. It's one of my favorite times of the year. The mud is slinging right now. Uh, you know, prospects getting dirt thrown on their names by teams because they want the guy to fall to them, all kinds of stuff like that. So I think the most intriguing thing that's uh, happening right now is the whole ordeal with Arizona and Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. Now, I don't, you know, one of the interesting things about the draft is right all the way up until the actual draft day, I usually have my, what I would think, my finger on the pulse of somewhat, some, somewhat what's going to happen. But there's always stuff that throws it off leading up to that actual moment when the picks begin. And a lot of it is from what I mentioned before, the mudslinging that goes on. I think the thing that's been hot the last couple hours on Twitter and other places is Murray not going to the Cardinals. Now, no one has any sources per se that's saying this. I'm assuming if Arizona at least has any of their wits about them, they're not talking to anybody like most teams shouldn't because that stuff gets leaked. And I think that, the Cardinals are in a tough position right now because if they really want Kyler Murray, but yet they're not willing to dump Rosen for less than what they deem his value is, then they're going to have a hard choice to make. At the end of the day, if they really aren't going to take Murray and they're going to stick with Rosen, I personally think this charade they've been playing for the last couple months has been really just a meaningless thing because what I'm wondering is, okay, are you, are you, hyping up Murray or, or serious about him and taking him because you want other teams to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then they're going to give you the world for the number one pick to take him yourself. And then you're going to keep Rosen all along. And that could have been their strategy. I just, I don't like having a franchise quarterback that you took number 10 the year prior and you're straining your kind of relationship with him and his confidence possibly as well on whether or not you're confident he's the guy. So I think that the consensus best player in the draft by a lot of people for a long time has been Nick Bosa from Ohio State defensive end. Uh, Bosa concerns me a little bit, mainly because I'm nervous about his injuries already. And say what you want, but the dad played in the NFL. He left the NFL from injuries. Now, anybody can get hurt in the NFL at any time. Joey's had some injuries, his older brother, who's basically an all-pro caliber type defensive end. So the pedigree's there. And the kid shows flashes of that, definitely at Ohio State. Um, His athleticism, even in in his 40 time and other measurements at the Combine, he definitely, that along with his film, shows that he could probably be some type of Pro Bowl, maybe all-pro 
type pass rusher at the next level. Having said that, I don't think that this guy is in the Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, Javion Clowney, even Brandon Chubb, Bradley Chubb type of touted uh, rating coming out. In other words, I think he's a highly rated player, but I don't think he was in as high as regard as those guys. Miles Garrett is another one. I think if you had your choice between Bosa and a few of those guys, you would probably take Miles Garrett. You'd take Clowney more than likely any of those other guys. Having said that, if you're the best player in the draft, you're the best player in the draft. So uh, we are going to see what happens with that. I think the Cardinals, if they're going to pass on Murray, they're going to end up taking Bosa. I think the Niners at two probably just take whatever guy's left between Bosa and who some believe is the best player in this draft, Quinn and Williams out of Alabama. Now I listen to a ton of sports pods and read up on stuff. And I'm constantly uh, try to have, you know, my ear to the grindstone with this stuff. And it doesn't, it's not rocket science. A lot of it anyway, when things go in bunches and kind of trends throughout the league, and sometimes things aren't as hot as they were before right now in the NFL, if you listen to what a lot of people's takes are, the center and guard positions in the league aren't at the strength they were maybe in the 90s and even early 2000s. So the reason I can even point to some of that is Aaron Donald had 20 sacks, which is an NFL record for a defensive tackle and inside player. Now, for him to get that as an inside player, and he's constantly being double teamed, to me that speaks to him being a great player, one. I don't want to discredit that. But also the uh, – deficiencies and weakness of his opponents. So with the Niners picking it too, and they already have um, to me a future all pro in uh, DeForest Buckner, I'd love for them to get Quinn and Williams. Matter of fact, that's, that's who I want the Niners to take. I think Quinn and Williams and Buckner together in the middle has the you know chance to be an unstoppable force, an unstoppable duo. And, you know, quarterbacks, when you listen to them in interviews, or read their interviews or stuff like that. A quarterback, when they're going against a great pass rusher, now you're talking about guys like Khalil Mack and uh, Von Miller and the Reggie Whites and Bruce Smith and those guys of the past, right? Those guys were Hall of Fame level, okay? Most defensive ends aren't as quick or as good as them or have the combination. But I, I can tell you right now, a quarterback would still take being able to see a guy right in front of him if, if he's coming from his strong side or if he's coming from his blind side, still possibly see him in his peripherals because he has basically that quick moment where he notices them coming. He can step up in the pocket and still make a throw. When the guy is playing defensive tackle or pushing the pocket backwards in the middle of the pocket and your guard and your center are crowding your space and stepping on your toes, you don't know what to do. You kind of don't have anywhere to go. You have to kind of scramble out. And it messes up timing. It messes up your ability to throw in the pocket, all kinds of stuff. So I think a quarterback would prefer to feel the rush coming from the outside where they also can kind of see it rather than it being right up the middle where it's kind of on top of you. And it, it really hinders your ability to see downfield and make the throws necessary. Um, having said that, I don't think Quinn and Williams gets past number three. That That's the Jets pick at three. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what the market is for Murray. Uh, I think Murray, Kyler Murray is an electric, electric player. I think anybody can really tell that, but I'm nervous about his height, hand size, a couple other things. I just, 
running quarterbacks um, in this league, they struggle to sustain longevity because it's this is a man's game. And these guys are out there are monsters. I mean, they're just the best athletes in the world, um, along with the NBA, obviously. But they have so much strength, quickness, and you can get hurt out there, man. And we see it every week, every game, every year. Guys get hurt at the snap of a finger. And when you're running that much and you're the franchise's most important player and you need to stay healthy, you need to be able to throw the ball, you're kind of putting yourself at risk every time you tuck it and go to run. So I get really nervous about guys um, that are running quarterbacks because of that aspect. Now, I think with with Murray, it's just inevitable he's going to run sometimes because he's just that great of an athlete. He's going to make plays. And it's just in his natural ability. I worry about him getting hurt, though. Now, the kid I like the most at quarterback, and if I had my choice, and I would take him over Kyler Murray, and I hate Ohio State. Those of you that know me know I'm a big Michigan Wolverines fan. And, yeah, Ohio State's kicked our ass the last decade plus. But Dwayne Haskins is, to me, the best quarterback in this draft. Okay? He's got great height, size. He throws a beautiful mid-range ball. And I think Haskins has the makeup and prototype to be a good, good NFL quarterback. If I was a team that was quarterback needy, a la the Giants picking six, I would pray and hope that Haskins makes it to me. So what I'm getting at is if the Cardinals really don't have this interest in Murray, then I think Murray's first possibility of getting picked is someone making a trade up with San Francisco or the Jets, which the asking price is going to be a lot. Oakland could take him at four if if it's true, which I guess supposedly in circles, uh, Chucky and, a f- and Mayock and a few of the guys are in love with Murray. So they might take him at four. And then I don't know if they trade Carr to the Giants or what. But I think Haskins, if I'm the Giants, I take Haskins in a heartbeat at six. If I'm the Raiders, I take Haskins at four. If I'm not thinking Carr is my guy. So... This is going to be really, really interesting. I think Murray is now kind of the really wild card player in this draft. I think if, if again, if he gets passed on, I think it goes Bosa one to the Cardinals. I think Quinn and Williams goes to the Niners at two. Then it gets interesting what the Jets do at three. I think the Jets would desperately try to trade out so they can stockpile some more picks. If they don't, I don't know if they cave in and take Josh Allen at three but they're definitely not going to take Murray or Haskins. So I think the Jets are kind of going to be in a really precarious spot if Bosa and Quinton Williams are gone at one and two, because I think that that was probably one of their targeted players. Let's keep it going and keep moving down the draft board a little bit. Tampa Bay's picking fifth. I think what you're going to see with Tampa is probably going to just take the best player available, whoever that is in their eyes. They're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, They definitely hired Bruce Arians for a reason. I think they believe Bruce Arians is somebody that can probably resurrect Jameis Winston's career. And I think they're going to give that a try for at least a season. I don't think they, they go for one of these QBs unless Arians is that in love with Murray or Haskins and one of them or both, which one of them almost assuredly is still going to be there at five. The Giants, you know, I've been hard on the Giants in the last couple of months, and deservedly so. Dave Gettleman's a schmuck. I mean, he just doesn't know what he's doing. 
And they need to get him the hell out of there because he's just putting that franchise down the toilet, man. They're just a sinking ship. I get Eli Manning's won them two Super Bowls, but at what point do you replace the guy? This year, you pick at six. You might have Haskins staring at you in the face. You cannot pass on that pick, man, if he's there at six. But we'll have to see. Uh, Montez Sweat is a defensive end, I believe, from Mississippi State. I think it's either there or Texas A&M. I know they have the same burgundy and white uniforms. I feel bad for that kid. He's got some type of heart condition, which I bet you he'll still end up being healthy enough to play, and he'll still be a majorly productive player at the NFL level. But he's going to slip like crazy, too, because of that supposed heart condition. This draft also is what they're perceiving to be a really um, – not as good of a class for wide receivers. So here's my thing on that. I especially reading a lot of the Niners stuff. They got all these different guys possibly going to the Niners in the second round and these other teams, maybe late in the first and early second, there's only going to be one receiver taking everybody's claiming it's um, Brown from um, Oklahoma. Okay. Then someone's rumoring Josh Jacobs, who is one of the running backs from Bama is going to be the only running back taken in the first. One thing I have to say about this, if people are all juiced about possibly getting a stud receiver at the end of the first or early in the second, if that guy's such a stud, why isn't he going in the top 15? I mean, I've seen a lot of chatter about Noah Fant, who's a tight end from Iowa, is probably going to go to like, I want to say it's 12 or something like that to Green Bay. Uh, tight end is a trendy pick lately, especially you know when you see the last few years, right? Even Vernon Davis is the one who kind of started it off probably a decade or so ago, going number six overall. Then you guys got you got guys like Eric Ebron, um, tons of other tight ends. And Joku from Cleveland was a, was a first-round pick, I think, at like 17. So Fant is the next guy, and there's another one. And I don't even know his name. It's his teammate from Iowa, though. I know, it, I know they both play there. He's supposed to go in the first round. Green Bay has two picks in the first, so look for them to – take Fant or possibly even another receiver with their later pick that they got in some deal they made because they need to kind of retool on weapons with Rodgers. They got Devontae Adams, who's a really good player, and I believe they lost Cobb to somewhere else. They haven't had Jordy Nelson. They're, they're a little bit kind of, to me, thinner at the at the weapons part of their club, and I also think they could use a defender. So I, I, Green Bay, let's see. They have a new front office, so to speak. I know Gudikin, I think, is a GM there, and he hired Murphy, which, again, I didn't like that that hire for head coach. So we'll see if they if they go best player available or if they pick for need. Uh, I think that when you look at the Jaguars, they're sitting at number seven, and they're in a good spot to get a really good player that can help contribute. The Jaguars, you know, people forget were in the AFC title game two years ago. That division is damn good, okay? You have Indy and Houston, who both made the playoffs last year. Indy uh, beat, I can't remember who they beat, and then they went and kind of got waxed by KC, I believe it was, after that. But both those teams are strong ball clubs. And then you also have the Titans, who almost made the playoffs. And Jacksonville was the team who was worse in that division last year. And two years ago, they were in the AFC title game. So now they've added Foles. And it would be interesting to see who they actually pick up there. I don't know if it's going to be another defensive player. It seems that's what it what it probably would be because that's just how the draft rankings kind of bear itself out right now. Jacksonville's in line 
uh, to get another tight end too, since Mercedes Lewis is gone. Now I can see them trading back, but you would have to have a team desperate enough to want to move up to seven to grab a guy that they feel is worthy of making that deal. If they stand pat, Tom Coughlin's a pretty bright guy, and I think he probably just ends up taking BPA, best player available right there. Detroit and Buffalo pick 8th and ninth. Denver at 10. Don't look for Denver to take a quarterback. They're going to give Flacco at least a year to try this thing out. I don't think Elway is in love with Daniel Jones, the kid from Duke, or a couple of the other guys that are out there, as Haskins and Murray should be gone by then. Now, if Haskins is still there at 10, I would still – venture to say that maybe Denver takes a look at that, but I highly doubt it. I still think at the end of the day, Denver does not take a quarterback there. Bengals at 11, if Haskins somehow somehow falls, I could see them doing it. Or if this Daniel Jones kids, uh, you know, Miami picks at 13, Green Bay's at 12. I think they'll probably possibly that the biggest rumor with them is taking Noah Fant, the tight end Atlanta. Atlanta has Matt Ryan already. So the Redskins pick at 15. Okay, after Atlanta at 14. The Redskins are another big wild card in this draft as far as possibly trading for a guy like Rosen or Derek Carr with the Raiders, or if they like one of these quarterbacks in the draft that much. Now, they're a key in that regard where them and the Giants, to me, are quarterback needy teams. And I think if they don't make a move for a guy like Rosen or Derek Carr, and then they draft a player, especially if the Giants at 6 and the Redskins at 15 both draft, let's say, Hackens and Jones or something like that. Um, that puts the trade market for Carr and Rosen really on the back burner for Oakland and uh, the Cardinals. So that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of goes. Carolina's at 16. Giants got their second pick. So Giants pick at 6 and 17. They could add some, you know, some much-needed help to that roster Vikings at 18. I think Vikings are probably just going to take best player available. It'll probably end up being some type of defensive lineman. The one dude on the team last year went nuts. He's, I, I don't know whatever ended up happening, but his wife like called the hospital on him and he was really out of his mind and off his rocker. And he used to be like an all pro caliber player for them. So their, their D lines kind of taken a little bit of a hit the past couple of years. And I think you can look for them to possibly retool and rebuild there. Baltimore picks 22. Seattle picks 21 and 29 now after that Frank Clark deal. That was an interesting deal for Seattle. I don't really understand why Seattle didn't pay Frank Clark what he was worth. He's 25 years old and is an awesome defensive end. He can play the run and gets to the passer like no other. They're only giving big money right now currently to Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. So book in Pro Bowl, All-Pro caliber type defensive ends don't just grow on trees. And at 25 years old and his whole career in front of him, I really question why Seattle did that, even if they got a first and a third for him. I just don't understand that. Uh, the Raiders, you know, their, sec their second out of three picks is 24. Their third out of three picks is 27. So Oakland at 6, 24, and 27 has got a chance to make some noise here. So the Colts pick 26, all right? Look for that just to be some stud and maybe even a guy we haven't heard of. But Chris Ballard is probably the most up-and-coming and hottest GM in the league right now. He picked Quentin Nelson, who was an all-pro last year at 6. 
people thought that he should have gotten Roquan Smith because they needed an inside linebacker. So he ignores that and just picks Darius Leonard or whatever in the second round, <clears throat> who ends up being an all-pro. <laughs> Ballard knows what he's doing. And I think the Colts are going to be a team to reckon with for the next decade or so, as long as Andrew Luck's healthy and Ballard's their GM picking players. 28th is the Chargers. That's an interesting spot for them. They're a little bit later down the line. I kind of thought that the Chargers would have been possibly one of the ones if Arizona was willing to move off their asking price for Rosen to get a guy like Rosen because Rivers is going to be 37, 38. I think he is already 38 and he's not going to play forever, which tells me that if the Cardinals probably have gotten offered a two or maybe for sure a three for Rosen, but they're not going to move off of him, it must mean that they're really hung up on, on their asking price. And only they know that and these other teams, that information really hasn't been leaked. But I think that the Chargers, the Patriots, and a couple of these teams that have aging quarterbacks that are still playing like Brady and Rivers be perfect for a guy like Rosen just to go and be the backup for a year or two and then take over. One of the things you're going to hear after maybe Saturday or Sunday is, oh, my God, look at our team. We're loaded with draft picks, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You schlubs don't know Jack about what these guys are going to be until four or five years down the road. And of course I'm guilty of it too in the past, right? You think that your teams hit home runs with certain players and then they end up being Solomon Thomas. So nobody knows what's going to happen with these guys until it actually does. And you don't know how great of players you've got until they actually suit up and get out there and play. So I don't like overreacting or, you know, being pissed off about who you've picked until these guys actually get on the field and you can see what they do. But overall, it's going to be a fun night, exciting night. I'd hate to be a team like the Bears who don't have a first-round pick. That kind of sucks a little bit. When I think that's happened once before the Niners when I've watched. But it's still always exciting, especially when trades are flying around too. We'll see. I think you still got to keep your eye out for, for Rosen and Derek Carr, possibly on the block tomorrow. And... Uh, some other moves, teams moving up, desperate for other guys. So we'll have to see. Have a good time at the draft. Enjoy. And uh, we'll see how everything turns out. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you a take of mine that I've been saying for probably two years now. Russell Westbrook is a stat whore. Okay? Plain and simple. And I have people saying, look, at he's led the league in assists the last two years. He's averaged a triple-double the last two years. You know how many times I've had it on TNT to see the Thunder in a game where it's like down to the waning seconds, and this guy's got a wide-open dunk or layup, and he'll run, to, you know, cut down the lane or get to, get to the cup, and instead of taking the easy two points, he'll try to kick it out for an assist so he can get a triple-double and whatnot. Russell Westbrook is a fraud. He's a great athlete, and he fills up the stat sheet, but he cares about himself, his stats, and basically that's it. And maybe acting like a tough guy, okay? He ran Durant off. Paul George is starting to get a little of the smelling salts right now and realizing what's going on as well. But the, at the end of the day, Westbrook is not a team player, no matter if he's averaging 10 assists a game. He's averaging 10 assists a game, so I can say that in the box score. 
but when you shoot 28% from three and you, and other waning moments, he's taking bad shots. That's the time when you should be looking for the easy basket, whether it's you getting to the cup or you throwing the ball to a wide open guy or whatever else. So, you know, I wasn't going to cry for Russ when Damian Lillard ripped his heart out last night. That was a fun, enjoyable moment to watch, especially after Westbrook was talking smack in his face the game before that. That was some sweet kind of justice there and revenge for Lillard. And I think after three straight first-round exits by the Thunder, um, I think people are starting to see the light and exactly know exactly what I'm talking about with this guy. Nobody wants to play with him. And Oklahoma City isn't exactly this huge and, and awesome destination. But when you're a superstar player, now Paul George ended up going there because that was the trade, and now he's giving it a shot. I can guarantee you he's having regrets about that right now because they haven't really improved with George there comparative to two years ago when Durant was there. But I think people want to sit there and worship Westbrook because he averages a triple-double and he's fast and kind of beats his chest and basically taunts people out there and acts like a tough guy. I'm, I just, I've never seen it. I know he's a great athlete and he's a really good basketball player too. But to me, he's not on the level that other people have put him at. And you can say what you want about Steph Curry in the finals, which he actually still averaged like 26 points a game in the finals, which is like 11th of all time, ironically. Uh, Curry makes his teammates better. And it's as simple as that, whether he's drawing double teams or getting other guys open or makes the easy pass when it's needed. He just makes those around him better. And it's plain as day to see Russ, I think would rather have teammates around him that are kind of stiff so he can kind of take care of biz and get the credit because I'll tell you right now, he can't play with other superstars because he can't relinquish being the man. And as long as he's a team's and the Thunder's number one option, they're never going to win a title. They're never going to win a title. Until he stops being all about Russ, they're not going to win a title. All right, that's kind of my rant on that. And uh, that does it for this week. I'll definitely check in with everybody next week. We'll go over who picked who in the draft, see if what trades went down. And uh, yeah. Everybody enjoy the draft. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you then. Take care.